Turn with me to Mark 11 this morning. We've been on a subject for some weeks now called Faith to Receive. And it's timely, isn't it? The Lord knew we were coming into a season of harvest and we needed to be stirred up about receiving. Mark 11 and 22. Jesus had spoken to the fig tree and it did what he told it to do. It obeyed him. Jesus spoke to the winds and waves and they obeyed him. Jesus spoke to fevers and they obeyed him. Uh, Today, if you and I were caught talking to a tree (laughs) or to the wind or the water or a fever, or a tumor, or a cancer. People think it's weird. They think we're messed up. When in fact we'd be acting like Jesus. And Christians, what are Christians? Christ Christians, those who are disciples of his, those who are like him. And we need to not be deceived by religious tradition that would take us away from acting like the master. But get back to the Bible. And do what he did. Act like he acted. Now some people say, well, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He can do that. But what, don't you think you can? You, that'd be presumptuous. You're just a worm of a man. You're just dust. You can't do that. Well, that's not what Jesus said. Hmm? You might feel like that sometimes, but that's not what Jesus said. When they walked by and saw this fig tree dried up from the roots, it obeyed what he told it to do. They said, Lord, look, the fig tree that you cursed, how quickly it withered away. And he said, boys, have faith in God. And he took it as an opportunity to teach them about the faith law and about how to operate in it. Now, if this is only just for him, why teach him about it? Should have been no teaching. If he did this as the son of God and they can't do it and we can't do it, there should have been no instruction on how to do it. Right. Right. When they said how quickly it dried up, he, it should have read, yeah, boys, I can do that. But don't try this at home. Because you're not me and you never will be. Couldn't he have said something to that effect? If that was the truth, if you read Matthew's account, Matthew 21, Matthew's account of this very same happening, it said when they remarked about it, he said to them, he said, if you had faith, you'll not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but if you'd say to this mountain, be removed. It's Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Is he telling them they could have done that to the fig tree? Is he telling them they could have done what he just did? Yes. Yes. Now religious tradition says no. But I'm going to go with Jesus on this. How about you? I'm going to go with him. And if he said they could do it, which means we can do it. Because we're all in the same. How many know 
many things Jesus said and did were not recorded. John said the world itself couldn't contain all the books that should be written. Then why was this selected out of all the things he said and did to be recorded for eternity? To be handed down to us generation after generation because it is talking to us. It applies to us. It is for us to put faith in us that we can believe what he said and do what he did. John 14 said, if you believe on me, Jesus said, the works I do, you will do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to my Father. Why? If he had stayed here, the works would have just kept getting greater and greater and greater. But he didn't come here just to do those kind of works. He did those as an example for us, but he was on a short course to the cross to pay the price for our sins. But now we see after he paid the price and is raised from the dead, these works continued through the church in the book of Acts. Through apostles and prophets and evangelists and just laity. Miracles. Just like in the ministry of Jesus. Well, how many know we're a part of that same church? And the book of Acts is really still being written. The Acts of the Holy Ghost through the church. I don't know what chapter we're on, but we're out there. And we're, are you in the church? Are we in the church? Then we're in the book. Somebody say glory to God. Well, let's look at it then. If this is something we're supposed to be knowing and believing and living and doing, let's check up on ourselves. Are we doing it? Do we know how? Verse 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. Every one of these words is significant. He didn't just say have faith. What did he say? Now, boy, there's a whole seminar we could get into on this right here. Have faith what? you got to watch about, and maybe I'll get into this later on. Uh, you got to watch about saying, I'm going to believe for this. I'm going to get this done with my faith. We're not just talking about faith in yourself. Did you hear me? If you got faith in me, faith that I will do something for you, it has to be based on something. What would it have to be based on? I believe Brother Keith's going to come over and cut my grass. <laughs> what if somebody said, really, Brother Keith's going to come over and cut your grass? Yeah, I'm believing that he will. <laughs> well, did he tell you that he would? No, nah, I hadn't even talked to him. But I'm just believing that he will because I have faith. <laughs> well, no, faith in me that I'm going to do something for you has got to be based on something. Yes, on what? On what I told you. Right. Well, faith in God has got to be based on something. Yes, on what? What he told you. So what did he say? Have faith in God. So watch, watch now. That's why people have gotten into trouble and they've confused themselves and they thought they had a faith failure. There really is no such thing. Just confusion. But they tried to believe stuff and try to claim stuff just off the top of their head. They never heard from the Lord about it. And so they didn't have anything to stand on. So it's not just having faith. It's what? He said, have faith in God. That's what we're talking about here. He said, 
Verse 23, for verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. You don't see it. You don't feel it. But you say it. And you believe that it comes to pass. What did Jesus say? You will have whatever you say it. People mock us and make fun of us for teaching that, but we're quoting him, the master. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What areas does this cover? What things soever you desperately need. No. Desire. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe something. Jesus told us very specifically. Don't just believe that God is real. That's good, but it's not what he said. That God's powerful. That's good, but that's not what he said. Even that it's God's will for you to have it. That's great, but that's not what he said. Believe. What did he say? Believe. That you receive them. Them what? The things you're asking for. What do you believe? You hear people try to wax poetic in these times. Well, well, now I just believe that when God gets ready in his own good time and his own good way, if it's his will, is that what the Lord said believe? What did he say believe? When you pray. Believe that you receive them. Well, what if it's not the will of God? Then you shouldn't be trying to pray about it. (laughs) Huh? You're not ready to pray the prayer of faith until you know the will of God. Now, this is a foreign concept to a lot of Christians. But, friend, you got to know the will of God or else you can't pray the prayer of faith. Well, how am I going to find the will of God? Now, that is the question, isn't it? (laughs) The Bible said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have a responsibility to find the will of the Lord. How in the world are we going to find the will of the Lord? It's closer than you might think. (laughs) Anybody got a Bible around here this morning? Huh? There you go. Will of God. Will of God right here. And you got the Holy Spirit inside you if you're born again. As your teacher, as your instructor. And between him and this living word, if you'll seek him, he'll reveal to you the will of God. But you can't be content to just bump around through life going, well, you just never know what God's going to do. That means, well, you can't pray the prayer of faith. You're in trouble. Because the just shall live by faith and walk by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Doesn't say it was challenging once in a while. It's impossible. There's no way you and I can please God in any part of our life unless we do it in faith. And like Brother Bosworth said in his book, Christ the Healer, faith begins where the will of God is known. 
Well, that's another way of saying Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by what? By hearing. Hearing by the word of God or if you look up those words, it's the anointed word. The anointed word. And of course, you're going to find out the will of God through the word of God. Now go with me to 1 Timothy 6, please. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, and 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Now, we just got through reading Mark eleven twenty four. We've been over this before, if you've been with us. What things ever you desire when you pray, do what? Believe, Believe what? Believe. What does that word receive mean? Amen. It literally means, if you look it up in the lexicons, it literally means take, T-A-K-E. In fact, that same word in the same King James Bible, same Greek word, is translated in English, take, numerous times in the same King James Bible. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. How are you going to take them? Now get it. He didn't say imagine that you take them. He didn't say feel like you take them. What did he say? Believe that you take them. I know some of you may have heard this verse many times before, but I assure you, you've not exhausted all the light out of it. (laughs) In fact, no precious little compared to what there is to be seen and known there. But say it out loud with me. How do you take it? How do you take it? By faith. Okay. What did he say? You believe you take it. Is that the same as feeling that you take it? If you could feel that you took it, you wouldn't have to believe you took it. It's not imagining. It's not mind. See, sometimes people try to say, oh, they're just imagining this. And it's just mind over matter. No, it's not. No, it's not. We're not talking about faith is not mental. Faith is not of the mind. Faith is not based on reasoning at all. And you hear people say, well, I'd like to believe that, but I just can't. I just can't believe that. That's a lie. That's untrue. Faith is a choice. It's just like me telling you something and you looking at me and going, well, I'd like to believe that, but I don't. No, that's what believing's all about. You haven't seen it. You weren't there. You have no proof to believe it is a choice. And if you're a Christian, you already know quite a bit about this. Because most probably you have not been to heaven. You have not seen the Father. You've not seen the throne. You've not shaken Jesus' hands. You hadn't seen him in the flesh. We know you weren't there at the cross. In person, you didn't see it. You weren't there. You didn't see him raised from the dead. You didn't see him ascend on high. You got no proof of it physically. No pictures of it. Nothing to look at under the microscope. (laughs) And yet you just choose to believe it. And you are wise to do so. You are wise. Because soon and very soon, there's not going to be any unbelievers. (laughs) Everybody is going to see him. But it's like he told Thomas. Thomas said, unless I see. Unless I see him for myself, unless I put my finger in those nail holes, because I knew they drove those nails in his hands, I knew he died. Unless I can put my hand in his side, I won't believe. 
Well, the Lord rebuked him for that, didn't he? He said, well, here, put your finger in there. Give me your hand. Put it in there. He said, oh, my Lord, my God. He said, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Glory to God. And Peter talks about that's why we are rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because we hadn't seen him, but we believe. We hadn't seen him, but we love him. And this pleases God. And God honors this in this life and in the next. Can you say glory to God? Somebody say, I believe. I haven't seen but I believe. And you hear these folks, you even see it on signs. You know, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely not. You believe when you don't see. And then when you see it and feel it, you don't have to believe it. So how are you going to receive this thing you desire from him that you have found out is his will for you to have that Jesus has already bought and paid for and given it to you? How are you going to get it? How are you going to enjoy it? You believe that you receive it. You believe that you take it to yourself. And once you believe you've taken it, now you believe you have it. Someone says, well, you deceive, do you see it? No. What makes you think you got it? I believe I've received it. Well, what makes you think you've got it? Have you experienced it? Have you enjoyed it? Anybody told you it was coming? You got any proof? I believe. I receive, just like I believe I've received forgiveness for my sins. Just like I believe they're working on my mansion right now. Just like I believe my name's in the Lamb's book of life. I hadn't seen it, but it's there. I believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. It is the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Somebody said out loud, I walk by faith. I believe God. I don't have to see it. That pleases your father, my friend. That pleases your father, God. Believe that you take them, Jesus said. Who said it? Jesus said, believe you take them. That's how you're going to get your healing. That's how you're going to get your bills paid. That's how you're going to get your direction. Believe you take it. Now, has the church been taught that at large? No, religion has made beggars out of Christians. Religion has taught people to beg. Just beg and beg, please, God, please, God, would you, would you, please, 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 and hope that he'll decide to do something. And it's not the Bible. It's not what Jesus told us to do. The Bible tells you what the will of God is. And tells you to step up like a man of God, like a woman of God, to come boldly. Right to the throne of grace. Come right on in. Like you belong there. Like you got a right to be there. Boldly that you may obtain. That's the same word that's translated receive or take. Come right on in and take your mercy and your grace to help. Come on in and get it. No, you're not trying to rend out of the hand of God something he don't want you to have. If God don't want you to have it, you ain't getting it. <laughs> Are you kidding? You can fast and pray and get the whole continent to fast and pray. And 
You ain't going to change God. He does not change. We're not talking about that. Something God has already bought and paid for in Jesus. And he said it's yours. But we've seen that what God provides by his grace must be possessed by faith. Just because God's given it to us doesn't mean we're going to enjoy it. It can belong to you all your life and you never enjoy it. Unless you get faith in your heart and act on it. 1 Timothy 6, are you there? This is another word, same word that's in Mark eleven twenty four, but it's translated a little bit differently. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight. The good fight of faith. What's the next two words? Lay hold, Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. Let me read some other translations. Young's literal says, be laying hold on the life. Is this something we do throughout life? Be laying hold. Now when you say eternal life, the life of God, every good thing we need is in the life of God. The wisdom, the grace, the strength. The NIV says, take hold. Of eternal life. The message says seize the eternal life. The life you were called to. Seize it. The NCV says grabbing hold of the life. Are we getting the idea? The BBE. The basic English says take for yourself. The life eternal. Take for yourself. Grab hold. Seize. Lay hold. Take, lay hold. We look back where the Lord said to the first generation that he brought out of Egyptian bondage, behold, I've given you the land, possess it, take it. And the first generation of whiny babies did not. And it wasn't because the giants were too big and the walls were too tall. It's because of their unbelief. Their lack of faith to rise up and be men and women of God and take and lay hold and seize and grab and possess what God had already given. Now those in some other areas of Christianity, they consider us to be presumptuous. And how dare we think we're going to seize something or grab something or lay hold of something. But all you got to do is read the Bible, friend. It's full of it. Right? It's full of it. Old Testament. New Testament. He's telling us. Get it. Here it is. I give it to you. Now what? Get it. Yeah, but there's big hairy demons sitting on it. I know. That's why I gave you the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Go get it. (laughs) Yeah, but they say I can't. Well, that's where faith is involved. And actually God has honored us in allowing us to have a part of it. Somebody say lay hold. Lay hold. 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 Now look at verse 19. This whole chapter is dealing with this. Well, I've got to read verse 17. We're so close. It says, uh, charge them that are rich in this world. Be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things To enjoy. Glory. Is God good? Will he give you stuff to enjoy? 
Richly? Rich is a Bible word. Enjoy is a Bible word. And it's from God. He said that they do good. That they be rich in good works. How many know the richer you are, the richer you can be in good works? You can't do anything with money you don't have. Stuff you don't have. He said that they be ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up. Somebody say laying up. Laying up in store for who? For who? Who self? The one who's laying up. He's laying it up for who? Their self. I'm reading the Bible now, right? Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may what? Lay hold on eternal life. Two phrases here I want you to notice. Very important. Laying up and laying hold. Say it out loud. Laying up and laying hold. Say it again. Laying up and laying hold. Do you suppose we need to know how to do both? Does it sound like sowing and reaping? Yes, because that's what it is. Go to Matthew, if you would, the sixth chapter. Matthew 6 and 19. Matthew six nineteen. What does it say? Lay not up for yourselves. So this is still for yourself. Treasures on the earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for who? Now you're going to have to shake off some religious tradition. I'm just doing it for the Lord. He said for yourself. Sure, it can be for the Lord, but it's also for yourself. Are y'all with me or not? Yes. You'd rather believe tradition or the Bible? Bible. What did he say? Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Because everything down here is temporary and nothing down here is truly safe. Hmm? If it's down here, if it's in a bank, if it's in an investment, if it's in a real estate, I don't care what it is, you can lose it. It can lose value, it can be stolen, it can be destroyed, I don't care what it is. Your car, your clothes, your jewelry, your house, it can burn down, it can be destroyed, it'll rot, it'll rust. If all you got is treasure down here, you're coming up short. Right? And how many know they're millions, that's where they are. That's all the treasure they got is what they got down here. What they've got in accounts or in their garage or their closet or their jewelry box or whatever. That's all the treasure they got. And if that's all you got, you ain't got much. He said, don't just do that. Don't just pile it up and lay it up for yourself down here on the earth, but lay up for yourselves. 
Come on, you need to read this again because I, I can sense religious tradition bucking me. Read it. Verse 20. No, no, stop, stop. What color letters? Huh? Red letters. Who's talking? Jesus is talking. Is he right? Does he know what he's talking about? Absolutely. Red letters trumps everything. Everything you ever thought, everything grandma ever said, everything ever a confused preacher ever said. Right? Preachers are human. They, their biggest problem is they're like you. <laughs> Just like you. But Jesus is right. What did he say? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Read it again. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What did Jesus say do? Lay up for yourself treasures where? In heaven. Can you do it? Obviously you can. Should you do it? Anybody doing it? See, he differs between treasures down here and treasures in heaven. Is heaven a real place? Can you make deposits of treasures in heaven? Boy, you really get a hold of this today. I really get a hold of this today. We won't know what to do with ourselves the rest of the afternoon if we really believe this. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Are they safe up there? Keep reading. Are they safe? Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart shouldn't be in some safety deposit box down here. <laughs> That's a lousy place for it to be. Or even on your little place, your little stuff. Your heart should be in God, in heaven, in His things. Setting your affection on things above, not on things beneath. Because all of this is temporary. All of it. How many believe the Bible? Everything you see and feel, everything you're sitting on, standing on, walking on, living in, is going to melt with fervent heat. It's all going to be out of here. None of this stuff's going to last or make it. But you can do things in this life that will last into the next and into eternity. But that affect this life here and now too. Also, go to Philippians, please, the fourth chapter. Philippians 4. The Spirit of God through Paul is talking about offerings. He's talking about financial support. He's talking about partnership. He said, verse 10, he said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, this is Philippians 4.10, Your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. 
Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. How many know your joy ought not be based on your current balance in your accounts? Right? Your joy, your peace ought not fluctuate according, pastors, ministers, according to what your last offering was. What's wrong with pastor? Well, the offerings were down this week. Well, pastor ain't very spiritual. (laughs) It's just a fact. What's wrong with daddy? Well, job kind of fell through. He only got paid half what he intended to this week. So daddy mopes around the house all weekend. Well, daddy ain't very spiritual. Boy, this is going over like a lead lead balloon, ain't it? It's just the truth. And how I many of there's a whole lot of folk? I mean, boy, if the money's up, they're up. If the money's down, they're down. Well, that means you're not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. What you see. What did Paul say? He said, I have learned. So it's not something he was just born knowing. He learned how to do this. If he learned how to do it, you can learn how to do it. I can learn how to do it. He said, I have learned no matter what condition. Oh, come on now. No matter what condition, whether a lot or a little, abundance, lack, my contentment is not based in that. Hallelujah. My heart's in the Lord. I can have joy when I got a bunch of money. I can have joy when I don't have it. I still have joy. Still got the victory. I can do all things. I can deal with all situations. Can you see that? I can handle every situation and condition through Christ, the anointed one, who strengthens me. Glory. Glory to God. Say it out loud. I'm not a yo-yo Christian. I don't live by my feelings. I don't live by my bank account. Now keep reading. Verse 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Here he calls lack affliction. (laughs) He didn't call it a blessing in disguise. (laughs) When you ain't got enough money, it is not a blessing in disguise or otherwise. It's affliction. Anybody, don't raise your hand, but anybody in here ever been afflicted? Didn't have enough money. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What's he ta- what account's he talking about? What account is he talking about? It wasn't the first bank of Philippi. Couldn't have been. What's he talking about? What account's he talking about? Whose account? Read it. Read it. Fruit that may abound to whose account? Your account. Is he saying they had an account? Where? What Jesus say? Lay up. For yourselves 
So it's yours. <laughs> Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Do we have accounts in heaven? This has not been preached enough. <laughs> Do we have accounts in heaven? Does heaven keep track of what we deposit and what we do? The Bible says yes. Somebody say glory to God. Say it again. Glory to God. Let me read some other translations of this to you. Get ready to be excited. The English Bible says, I want to see profit added to your account. The NAS says, I seek for the profit that increases to your account. The Jerusalem says, I am looking for what will increase the credit balance of your account. These are banking terms. And it's what it really is in the original language. That's why these different translations say it stronger and stronger. He's talking about account. Just like an account you have at a bank here in town. But it's not in town. But it's real. It's not imaginary. I saw the other day. Bless these folks heart. They said God is an imaginary friend for grown ups. And that's what they think about it. And there's a lot more people that think this than we might like to imagine. They think you and I are just kidding ourselves. They think we're just fooling ourselves. And they mostly think it's just a scam so preachers can get money. God is not an imaginary friend. Heaven is not an imaginary place. It's real. It's real. We got family there. God is there. We got a mansion there. And we got accounts. We have accounts. Accounts there. Somebody say, I have an account in heaven. Now, does everybody's account have the same balance? No. (laughs) No. It's not socialist heaven, <laughs> communist heaven. Everybody's account is the same. No, it's not. What affects the variance of the balances and levels in the accounts? Well, what affects the changes in balance down here? What you put in, right? Somebody say, lay up. But what was the rest of the verse? Lay hold. Say it again. Lay up. up. And what else? Lay Lay hold. Now I think it's obvious we can make deposits in our heavenly account. Are we in agreement with that or not? I mean, huh? How much longer do I need to spend on this? How many will raise your hand and say, I believe it, I see it, I got a heavenly account? How many agree you can make deposits in this account? All right. Now here's the next one. (laughs) Can you make withdrawals? (laughs) Some folk think so. I'm talking about 
Not for later in eternity in heaven. I'm talking about here and now. Can you make withdrawals on your account here and now? <laughs> this has got to be Faith Life Church. Because I know other churches would be scratching their head right now. Some of them. But you're going, yeah. Well, what you think about it is not enough. What I think about it is not enough. What does the Bible say? Well, I got scripture for you, brother. Come on, Mark. Chapter 10. Come on, let's look at this. This is going to make you shout. I know. I know. You're going to shout about this. Mark 10. I'm glad I came today. Mark chapter 10. And uh, verse 17. There was a man came to Jesus. We call him the rich young ruler. He said, good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus talked to him, verse 18 and 19, about the commandments. Verse 20, he said, master, all these I've observed from my youth. Jesus, beholding him, verse 21, loved him. This was a good young man. He had lived a good life. How many understand there were a lot of People with wealth that weren't even at the meeting. They could care less. He's there. He's hungry. When he heard Jesus preach, it stirred him up. And he knew there's more from me. There's something I'm missing on this deal. He's loved God all his life. He's heard the commandments. He's worked diligently to observe and keep all the commandments. Walking in all the light that he had. And yet he feels like there's more. You know any time you feel like there's more? You know why it is that you feel like there's more? Because there's more. That's why. And it got him to Jesus and he said, good master. He knew Jesus was good. He could just tell. What what do I need to do? He told him about the commandments. He said, I know the commandments. I've kept them all my life. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Why? Because he had. He was a good man. He said... One thing you lack. Well, one thing. Hey. Of course, it turned out to be kind of a big thing (laughs) to him. (laughs) But one thing you lack. When you leave the meeting today, you go back home and you liquidate your businesses and your wealth. And you uh, give it all to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. What's he telling him to do? He looked at him and loved him. Jesus wouldn't have told just anybody this. But this man had the capacity to receive this. That's why he told him. There's hunger in him, isn't there? There's something in him that got him to you. Why is he there? Why is he asking this question? Jesus looked at him and smiled and loved him and said, this is Keith Moore paraphrase now. You want to go all the way in this, don't you? You want to go to the next level with this, don't you? Okay. Here's what you do. You go home, liquidate. Give it to the poor. 
And it'll be gone forever? No. No. No, no, this is what the young man did not see. He's not telling him to get rid of it. He's not telling him to just give it all away. He's not telling him to lose it. He's just telling him to transfer it. Oh, come on, do y'all see this now? He's just talking about transferring funds from one account to the other. That's all he's talking about. Transferring funds. But see, that takes faith, doesn't it? To transfer funds, funds you can see. Funds you can put your hand on. In a bank you can see. Accounts you can see. Into accounts you can't see. Takes faith. Said it takes faith. You can't get online and see your balance. (laughs) You can't call anybody. You're not going to get a printed... Statement at the end of the month. (laughs) You just got to believe it's there. (laughs) He said do it. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And come. Take up the cross. And follow me. What was he offering him? He's offering him a personal place with him. In the ministry. And he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved. For he had great possessions. Hmm. What was the Lord endeavoring to get him to do? Get it out of this place where it's unsafe. Where with one market turn it could lose half its value. Where one hostile takeover, one armed robbery, one this or that... Could, you could lose it. You could lose it all. You could lose part of it. Get it into the secure accounts. <laughs> Come on, do you see this now? Get it into where man can't mess it up. Where changing governments and politics can't cause it to lose any value. Where it will be safe and secure and where it will multiply. But now see, a lot of folk have read this right here, verse 21. They inserted a little phrase that's not here, but in their mind it is, and they're sure that that's what God meant. Verse 21, they, he, they have Jesus saying, go, say what you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, parenthesis, where thou canst not touch it till thou diest. <laughs> but is that there? It's not there. It will prove to me that you can make a withdrawal on this account now in this life. I'm about to. Glad you asked. But will you accept the Bible? Now see, this is thinking has been twisted in that phrase that I just read. Millions believe that. 
Yeah, you could get it into your account in heaven, but you're not going to touch it till you die. And it has to do with your eternal reward. It does, but it also has to do with here and now. And that's not my idea. All you got to do is keep reading. Just keep reading. Keep reading. Are you here? 23, Jesus looked round about. He said to his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? The disciples were astonished at his words because they knew from the Old Testament that riches were part of the blessings of keeping God's covenant. And Jesus answered and said, children, how hard it is for them that what? This is the issue. It wasn't the riches. What was it? Them that trust in the riches to enter into the kingdom of God. He had offered this young man entrance into the things of God beyond his wildest dreams. But it was going to take a step of faith to get there, wasn't it? He was going to have to prove that his trust was more in God than in his money. There was only one way to prove that. You can talk it all day long. But how can you prove that my trust is not in my money? So it all. So it all. That proves it. Then it's beyond debate. He's just telling him, get your faith, your trust out of your money and in me. And prove it by transferring your funds out of these earthly accounts into the heavenly accounts. You ain't going to lose it. In fact, it's going to be more safe than ever. Keep reading. Verse 28. Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and followed you. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say to you, there's no man that has left house, our brother, our sisters, our father, our mother, our uh, wife, our children, our lands, for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold. Now help me to read this next phrase here. And I want to make sure I read it right. What? Now. now in this time. Say it again. Now in this time. Say it again. Now in this time. Who said it? Jesus said it. Wouldn't that be withdrawals? That's not deposits there. Well, it's talking about spiritual blessing. Oh, keep reading, keep reading. Now in this time, houses. Brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. With persecutions. (laughs) You don't want that to be in there, but it is. Why? Because the devil can't stand it. When a man or woman of God is blessed like this. Oh. Because it makes other people want to be Christians. So he will try to stir up persecution. And the bulk of it comes from jealous Christians. That are not willing to take those steps of faith. But it's just part of it. But you can deal with it. In your hundredfold houses and lands. You can... You can look out the window over your manicured grounds and go, glory to God. (laughs) Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're saying. (laughs) You you can deal with it. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. 
I'm reading the words of Jesus. I'm reading the words of the Master. I believe it. I said, I believe it. Let me read some other translations of this. He said he'll receive, Luke says it, in this present time. Luke 18.30. In this present time. How much plainer can you say it? The NIV, he said there's nobody that's left home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, fields from me in the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. And in the age to come, eternal life. Do we believe it or not? The New Living Translation. He'll receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, children, mothers, children and property. The Living Bible. Listen to this. The Living Bible. Verse 29. Let me assure you, Jesus said, no one has ever given up anything. House, home, it says home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children or property for love of me and to tell others the good news. Who won't be given back a hundred times over. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and land with persecutions. All these will be his here on the earth. And in the world to come he'll have eternal life. Well, that didn't happen for me. I don't believe in all that. I've never seen a hundredfold. Well, whoop, back up. What have you left for the kingdom of God? What have you sown and invested? And then secondly, if you think you have, if you don't believe what he said, your unbelief would keep that from coming to pass in your life. Well, I was looking at this actually in the morning hours this morning. The Lord spoke to me. He said, this has already come to pass in you and Phyllis's life. I thought, well, sure it has. We left a little Marriott mobile home that was worth $3,500. What's a hundredfold return on that? $350,000, is that right? We're way past that. We've already experienced hundredfold in home. Phyllis and I already. Right now. And what about mothers? And brothers? Sisters? I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them. There are thousands and thousands and thousands all over the place. They come too late to tell me it doesn't work. And it doesn't work here and now. It's happening. For those that believe. Can you say glory to God? God. Say it again. Glory to God. God. Oh I got to read it to you one more time now. Let me assure you. Jesus said. No one. Has ever given up anything. Home. Brothers. Sisters. Mother. Father. Children. Property. For love of me. And to tell others the good news. So when you sow. And when you turn loose of things. And when you invest. 
for love of God and to get the gospel out and to get the work of God done, are you making deposits? Numerous ways. He talked about giving to the poor is making deposits as well. There's more than one way to make deposits. But then can you make a withdrawal? Right now here. In this life, in this time. He said, no one has ever done this who won't be given back a hundred times over. Now there's people that have found fault with preachers like me for even reading this. But you've got to remember, what am I reading? Who said this? I don't believe in that hundredfold. You need to watch what you're saying. Who said it? Jesus said it. A hundred times over, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land, with persecutions. (laughs) Got to read it. There it is. All these will be his here on the earth. Now in this time, in this present age, and in the world to come, life eternal. Stand up on your feet and say, I believe it. Oh, glory to God. Say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Glory to God. I believe it. I believe it. Real quickly, let me talk to you about just the practical steps of making a withdrawal. I know my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he said they struggled in their finances for years, even after being in the ministry, struggled, struggled, struggled. And he said on one occasion, he's, you know, they'd just been struggling, struggling, barely getting by and not getting by, getting behind, getting further behind every month. And he got to praying and fasting. Lord, what, you know, about the money? And the Lord spoke to him and ministered to him and said, quit praying about money like you've been praying, which is basically begging God to get me the money. He said, the money you need is down there. He said, I'm, you know, I'm not counterfeiting money up here and raining it down. What you need's already down there in the earth. He said, claim what you need. Did you hear this now? Yes. Claim what you need. He said, stand up and say, I claim, and I think what was it was $200 or something he needed that week. I claim $200 out of this world system. Satan, take your hands off my money. Go ministering spirits and cause it to come in to me. Well, he had never heard anything like that. He was just shocked. He never heard anybody say that or do that. Everybody just begged God, please give me some money. But he knew it was the Lord and the Lord prompted him so strongly. He stood up. He's praying in the church by himself. He said he stood up with fear and trembling. Looked around, make sure nobody was there could hear him. (laughs) And said, I claim... $200 out of this world system. Satan, take your hands off my money. Go ministering spirits and cause it to come in. He said, I felt funny saying it. Do I have a right to say that? Well, see, it's the faith principle. What's he doing? Laying hold. What's he doing? Believing he receives. Well, what gives him a right to do that? 
He's a giver. He's a sower. He's been laying up. He's been laying up. But what's it time to do now? What if uh, you saw a man? He's worked hard every day. He got a job when he's young. And he's frugal and saves. But decade after decade, he lives in a little shack and drives a wore out piece of junk. And you come see him after 30 years. And he's sitting on his front porch, broken, rotted front porch, crying. He said, what's wrong, brother? He said, I'm so tired of living in poverty. I'm so tired of never having anything. So, man, I thought you made good money. I do make good money. I've had several raises in the last few years. Well, where's all that money? Well, man, every week when I get paid, I go make a deposit in the bank. Well, then you ought to have a lot of money in the bank. I go, I better have a lot of money in the bank. Yeah, I got a lot of money in the bank. Well, why don't you make a withdrawal and get you a new house or a new car? Well, now, I just believe that the bank knows what I need. And whatever I need... The bank will sin. Are you with me now? No, no, brother. You have to go and make a withdrawal. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in withdrawals. I don't believe in withdrawals. I just believe the bank knows what I need. What are you going to do without? And all that money sitting in there earning interest. Do you see what we're talking about? This is what the church has been taught falsely. And Jesus told us to be receivers. Appropriators. Didn't he? So what do you do? You know. You've been sowing. You've been laying up. How many in here know you've been laying up? You know you got something in your account. And it's multiplying up there. It's increased. Yeah, you're going to be rewarded in the time to come. But also right here and now in this present time, you can make a withdrawal. So right now, are you ready? Do you need something? If you know it, then be ready to make an appropriation, make a withdrawal. If not, you don't have to act on it right now, but you can act on it this afternoon after you think about it. Or tomorrow when you get it clear in your spirit what you need to claim. But here's how you do it. You said out loud, I claim X amount out of this world system. Well, how much do you claim? I'm just going to claim $10 billion and be done with it. It ain't about talking empty words. What do you actually believe? It's what you have faith for. But whatever it is you need, you got, you're behind on your bills, you need something for payoff or for business, whatever, claim it. You're a tither, you're a giver, you're a sower, you've got treasure laid up in heaven. Claim it. Lay hold of it. Say, I claim X amount out of this world system. If you want to do it right now, say it under your breath. I claim. When I say X amount, you say the amount. X amount, I claim that number amount out of this world system. Satan, take your hands off my money. Ministering spirits, Go. Cause it to come in quickly. I believe I receive. By faith I lay hold. In Jesus' name. Now thank God for it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Now you expect. Now you expect. Just expect and thank God. Thank God and expect until it happens. Until it all comes in. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.